Is All right. A, we are on. We are okay. on. We're on, Duke. <laughs> you already ruined the show. We're Sorry. done. Show's canceled. <laughs> Probably better. Hey, this is the best way to start uh, start to continue podcast. Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 218. That's 218 of STC Pod, your start to continue podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me is uh, I have a special, special celebrity guest co-host due to Joe taking off uh, for the week. He's disappeared. I don't know where he is. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, I'd love to introduce my special celebrity guest co-host. Uh, you might have already heard him, so so it's been blown, but uh, I'm going to trudge away anyways. Uh, he's one of the longest-serving Cartridge Club members slash contributors, uh, probably the most beloved of all of us. He's a singer, songwriter, a YouTube pioneer, a crack mm -hmm. editor, and a special effects engineer. <laughs> Besides which, he's a master electrician, model family man, and husband, an all-round outstanding, upstanding gentleman. It's Duke from Retro Nonsense. Wow. Thank, thank you, sir, for coming. That was too kind. Thank you. That <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the invite. Looking forward to this. I needed a guest host, and I thought, who's who's the guy that everyone wants to get on their podcast? And uh, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to reach out and get the top guy, and that's Duke from Retro <laughs> Nonsense. Oh shucks! I'm sure everyone who listens to this knows all about your content and what you do, and everyone loves you. But uh, I don't know. You want to give a little brief rundown where they can find you? Sure. Uh, what you've been up to? Just look for Retro Nonsense on the YouTube. And on Twitter, I am uh, at Duke0619. That's it. Mm, very exciting. On the Twitters. I don't do anything else but Twitter and uh, YouTube. So That's the way to do it. You'll find me and, or the phone book, maybe. <laughs> phone book yeah sure oh man well let me tell you it was one of the pleasures of my life i got to meet duke in person at uh, cc uh seven cc3 2018 in chicago yeah uh duke showed up there with his lovely family i got to meet them all i'll never forget them because they made such a good impression on me yeah <laughs> you got your kids uh yeah, eight bit Mike and uh, Game Bob. Gear Ted. <laughs> Close. Uh, your adorable, adorable daughter, daughter uh, Connie May, <laughs> and of course your loving and beautiful wife, uh, Mother Brain Teresa. I, yeah. I just, I'll never forget them. Yep, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's them. That's them. <laughs> These guys are always appearing in your videos, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they did uh, not so much these days, but yeah, we've done a lot of stuff in the past. They're getting older. They don't want to dance around the backyard anymore, rapping, you know, <laughs> wow. and uh, stuff like that. So daddy's not cool anymore. So, <laughs> well, that's uh, what set retro nonsense apart from all the other YouTube channels out there. He brought his family in front of the camera, uh, introducing them to all of us and to how they interact with video gaming, how it works in their life and, you know, a sense of community and family. It's a very sweet YouTube channel. Oh. still is. 
thank you so much. I got the names right, right? It was Mike and well, Ted. Close. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's eight bit Bob. We don't go by those monikers anymore. But there's there's Bob, Luke, and Anna, and Tara is Mother Brain. So they used to call themselves eight bit Bob. Uh, Game Boy was Luke, and Anime was just Anime. <laughs> so because that's her real name. Mm. But um, I guess we've since lost those uh, silly titles, but. We haven't done a video together, I think, in a while. It's been quite a while, but um, they've been they've been asking, "When we do another video together?" I'm be quiet. I'm trying to write my next uh, stuck in the '80s. <laughs> so, I think they need to appear appear on the next uh, podcast theme song you're going to do for STC Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you know, yeah, that's, that's really where your theme song should be on uh, that channel, I would think. Yes, we're we're trying to perfect it. We're, we're writing it, right? Re-recording it, and we want to get it just right before we, you know, release it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I got to meet uh, your lovely wife Tara as well. Um, what's what's she been up to? Oh my gosh, driving herself nuts trying to raise three kids and homeschool and and work on the side and take care of the house. She's a she's a workhorse. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> she's uh she's an amazing wife and an amazing mother and. I can't speak more highly of her. She's she's the best. Uh, and uh, dare I say, Duke, she's a fox as well. Sorry, sorry <laughs> I, to say I, that. I agree. She's uh, beautiful. I agree. <laughs> downright fox. Athletic. Yes. Firm. I thought if I said the wrong thing to her, she was just going to snap me. Uh, I was very intimidated by her musculature. I yeah. am too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Duke. Yeah, you gotta tell me man to man here. Uh what is that like laying in the marital bed with such a firm fox as uh your wife? It's heaven on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Rocks your world every night, I imagine. Uh sure. <laughs> she might listen to this, you know. Good. Well, <laughs> This is all things we need to know. This isn't other podcasts where we just, you know, talk about games and stuff. We get to the real things that matter in life. Sure. <laughs> How long have you, when did you meet her? Where'd that start? Yeah, I met Tara in high school. We've been together for 27 years. We've been wow. together since she was 14 and I was 16. And we've been together ever since. It's the only girl I ever dated. And I'm the only man she's ever dated so one of those fairy tale stories i guess <laughs> but uh we've been this summer coming up will be our 20th wedding anniversary so beautiful beautiful yeah. sir well no that's a scary story actually for me as a father of now a 15 year old i'm hearing you say as a 16 year old you're chasing down the 14 year olds let me tell you it is so weird to think that luke my middle child is older than tara was when i started dating her I mean, it just blows my mind. What were our parents thinking? They're letting us. I mean, we, we were driving around and going to the movies when she was 14 years old. That sounds crazy to me now. But back then, I guess it was normal. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wouldn't let my, I don't think my daughter <laughs> go out with some boy in a car when she's four. That's next. Anna just turned 12. So and I just can't even think. I can't even think about that right now. Yeah. You're bust. scaring me. You're scaring me. <laughs> My 15-year-old, she is boy crazy. Oh. And uh, boys, boys, boys. Tonight, she actually wanted to have a boy come over uh, and 
Uh, luckily, it's exam week, so I had an excuse. <laughs> You're locked down for exam week. And don't you think, uh, you know, two of you are in a bedroom or anything. That's oh That God. doesn't, come on. No. <laughs> Bobby's got a girlfriend. He's had a girlfriend for, I think, six months now. Uh, so, yeah, he's, it's, it's crazy how fast they grow up. I think they were just born in my head and they're, Bobby's driving now and, oh, he just turned 16. Where does the time go? It's, it's insane. But yeah, I mean, I can't believe that uh, Tara was so young when we started dating, but yeah, she, she was. Right. This is a young Duke putting the moves, yeah. putting the moves on a young 14 year old here. It worked. <laughs> were you a yes. were you a fast mover back then were you no, uh I, I was a gangly awkward nerd no i was that again at 16 she was my first girlfriend most of my peers had girlfriends prior to that so i was kind of a little, i guess a little bit late to the game actually so no i was not some smooth talking you know <laughs> i was uh, a nintendo playing basement dwelling insecure little nerd so <laughs> well how did you build up the confidence to uh to ask a young tara i don't know it, it was i don't know it was just all of a sudden i met her it's so weird i i um met her just after my father passed away and i think i probably in a lot of ways was trying to fill a void in my life because i never really was that interested in seeking out a, a girlfriend or anything until then and the only reason I ever met my wife was because of my father passing away because I had to get a car to help out with my mother. And I was started driving to high school and I met her in the cafeteria where we would congregate. The drivers would congregate as opposed to the bus, you know, the bus kids. So that's how I met her was um, I started driving to school and uh, I just saw her and I was like, I saw her hanging out with one of my friend's sisters. And I asked my friends, my friend, I said, who's that girl hanging out with you know, your friend? He's like, Tara. I was like, yeah. He's like, that's Tara. You know, he knew her for a while because, you know, her, uh, his sister had been friends with my wife for a while. And um, he got me her number and I somehow got the nerve to call her. It was the most awkward conversation you'd, you'd ever hear. I didn't know what to say. I just called her one night and was like, hey, uh, what's going on? You know, kind of thing. And I don't know, it was very awkward, but I don't know. It just went on from there. It was interesting. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, when you like to have a, con a transcript of that first phone conversation, hear <laughs> what that was like. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> that is the worst trying to call up. I remember trying to call up, uh, you know, a girl in high school or whatever. It's, you're running through uh, five conversations in your head before yeah. you finish ringing it. And yeah. I don't know where I got that nerve because that was unlike me. I was not that kind of, uh, I didn't have that courage. But somehow I mustered it up for her. I guess she was that pretty to me. So I, <laughs> I took the plunge and it, it, it worked. Nice. And then you were in the, the hand-holding uh, phase of a relationship for a few years? Hand-holding, note-passing, giggling, all that silly, you know, teenage stuff. But yeah, I'm sure we did all that, you know. But uh, no, we, uh, we dated for seven years before we ended up getting married. Uh, she finished college. And uh, we got married after that. So it was seven, seven years of dating before we got married. Did she go away to college? No, she commuted to a local college, Towson University. Uh, it was about an hour commute for her. So no, she did not go away to college. She couldn't leave her Duke. That was, I think, part of her reason for not going away to college. I, you know, I think she's admitted that. <laughs> mm. 
and you just you went to a trade school or uh yeah yeah i went to the votech program in high school um and then from there uh the summer i graduated i got my first full-time job in the trade um and then i started another school program while i was working full-time um to gear up for getting my master's license so yeah i went to a total of about seven years of trade school uh before i got my master's license mm. yeah and master still, electrician yeah i still have to take continued education courses uh, uh even still to keep my license active so and then but you were working uh you obviously started working for someone else in the trade before you went yes. out on your own how long how long were you for someone else before you didn't uh, spread your own wings I had a couple of jobs. Uh, I worked at one job for a couple of years when I got fresh out of, you know, fresh out of high school, I think for two and a half or three years. And then I went, moved on to another job for a couple of years, uh, getting some trade, uh, some commercial experience. And then I worked for a third job, which was a maintenance, electrical maintenance position, which kind of springboarded me into my self-employment. So I started my company in 2000. So I'm about 18, 19 years in at this point. Of being self-employed. Hmm. That's just you for your company, or do you have a uh, people? Just me. You must subcontract out stuff, though, right? No. 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 I do everything myself. Is it all household stuff you're doing, or are you doing? Primarily, uh, I do like commercial stuff, but primarily I focus on residential. Yeah. I like uh, keeping it small and, and simple, and it's 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 not practical to get into the commercial trade when you're just a one-man show and that's how i want to keep it so yeah no you like you know showing up at in people's houses getting the personal experience right i love it i, I yeah. love my work i really do it's it's definitely uh, uh in my blood i think <laughs> just what i was born to do i love it tell me about that story you told me um that thing that happened to you we end up writing into the penthouse forum. Uh, I never thought these stories <laughs> happened to other people, but I went to this person's house and this person was at the door, scantily clad. That has never happened. Trust me. What? Nothing? Never happened. Nope. I, I could have swore I read a Duke story in the penthouse that forum. Was, that was some other Duke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been, uh, nobody's ever come on to me or anything like that. That's, that's just in the movies. <laughs> you must have had something weird happen to you at someone's house. You're going into all these people's houses. I, there must be weird stuff going I on. I did have one uncomfortable situation where I was, um, you'd be surprised at how many customers let me work in their home when nobody's there. Um, mm -hmm. Happens all the time. Um, so one time I was working in this customer's house when nobody was there and her teenage daughter comes home from school. Hey and um, I'm, I'm in the house alone with her. And next thing you know, she gets on a bikini and she, they have like an indoor pool and she was prancing around the house. The next thing you know, a couple of her friends come over and I'm, I'm just about finished this job. And I'm like sweating. I'm like, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. So I'm start, I start panicking. I'm like, oh my gosh, her mom's going to come home and she's going to start flipping out. And here comes her mom walking up the steps and her, her daughter's in the kitchen giggling with her friends. And I'm like right there. And her mom came in, didn't even care. Hey, how's it going? And talking to her daughter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have been flipping out if my daughter was in a little string bikini with some random stranger. So that was kind of a weird situation that happened to me once. But outside of that, that's the only thing I can think of that was a little awkward. 
But um, her mom didn't seem to care. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find when you're working in most people's homes, you, you have the owners that are like right on top of you, breathing down your neck, and then you got the other set who just leave you alone? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the ones that are breathing by, down my neck because, you know, it's, I work by myself, so I don't mind conversation. I like, I like talking to people, and usually it's, it's, it's never like uncomfortable. Or every once in a while, you get one who thinks they know everything and. Oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I would just do this. And, you know, it doesn't happen often, though. Most of the time, they're just being friendly and they're just interested in what I'm doing. And I don't mind. I'll, I'll say, hey, watch. Watch all you want. You know, learn something. So that doesn't bug me at all. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my dad uh, was a contractor when he was still working. And uh, I went on site with him quite a few times. And oh. you'd always, you'd have those owners that would be, you know, right there. <laughs> and then, like you said, they'd be the know-it-all trying to tell you what to do and stuff. Oh, yeah, you'll you get know. that every once in a while, but more often than not, it's just they're just interested or, or curious, and I don't have a problem with that. It doesn't bug me. So when nowadays, as a homeowner myself, if I have people over, I, I like have taken that experience to let the contractors do their stuff. You know, I'll check <laughs> in on them, but I don't like you know having sure. them feel like I'm hounding them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I can see it from your point how you don't mind uh, the company there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you're Duke, and that's why everyone loves you. (laughs) By an upstanding person. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so you're you're in the electrical trade going job to job. Do you have any of the big billboards uh, advertising Duke Uh, Electronics? No. All word of mouth, eh? Well, it, it took a while to build up to where I am now. You know, like I said, I started my company in 2000 and slowly built up, you know, my customer base over the years. Um, so it's taking it's taken a long time to get to the point where I'm pretty comfortable with my customer base. and I don't have to really try to go find work. It kind of comes to me. But there were certainly some uh, times in the earlier years that were stressful. And, you know, I tried to figure out how to find work and how to uh, build my business up, uh, especially when you're just starting out and you got, you know, toddlers and infants at home and uh, it was just quite stressful getting it going, but um, now I'm, you know, you know, all the cogs are kind of turning the right, you know, the right way. And it's all just kind of working, finally kind of working well, <laughs> but it, it took a long time. I'm not a businessman, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a tradesman. So I had to learn the business end of this just by trial and error. So that took some time because um, I have no college education. Um, you just have to use your street smarts and your wits and your common sense and, you know, and make some mistakes along the way and try to learn from them and uh, try to, you know, make things run a little smoother as time goes by. But running a business is, um, is quite a challenge uh, mm-hmm. for someone like me who's not, you know, I'm a, I'm a street smarts kind of guy. I'm a down to earth kind of, I'm not a, you know, not highly educated, <laughs> but um, hey, it works. And I, I found out what my niche was and what I'm good at. And I, I learned to just kind of focus on that and it, it works, works for me. No plan on like empire building to build this thing up even Not at all. bigger. I'm glad I learned that lesson early, or I guess I was kind of told some good advice early on to just, if, you, if you're going to try to grow, you have to go really big or just stay like a one man show. There's in between, it's just impossible. And I, I did find that out. I had, you know, I had some helpers here and there, you know, over the years. And even that I couldn't handle. I'm not, I'm not good at managing other people. I'm really good at being an electrician and keeping my customers happy and doing electrical work, but, but trying to manage other people and 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a doormat, you know, I get taken advantage of quite easily, I think, because um, I don't like to yell at people or try to be the boss. It's just not my nature. So I'm not good at that. And I think I realized that and said, well, if I'm not good at it, then I'm not going to focus on that. So I focused on just being like a, a Han Solo out there on my own. And I, I like that. I like working by myself. Uh, I have a lot of freedom. You know, I don't have to worry about trying to keep anybody else busy or anybody else's jobs or somebody screwing up in somebody's house. I'm in complete control. Everything I do with my two hands, and that's the way I want to keep it. So that's kind of how I honed my company and what I do in my career. And when did you find you've had it? You had so much free time that you wanted to get in on this YouTube business. <laughs> Create your empire there. When I, I think it was like five years ago or so at this point, if I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm terrible with remembering dates and time and everything, but. I think it's been about five years that we've been doing it. So yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I, I enjoy that too. I, I like to, I've always been creative. I've always, you know, like to draw and write and I can't not be creative in some way. So currently it's, it's making little videos and such. <laughs> so that's my creative outlet right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you come up through school and everything and you have all these creative you know you got art and music and you're experiencing all that then you get into the workforce and yeah especially uh, for what i do a lot of that is taken away they don't want you making decisions and becoming creative that's for other people you just do this <laughs> and so you know what can you do and uh, at least we have this uh, we have youtube and podcasting and all that kind of stuff yeah you know you and me like uh we're cut from the same cloth, man. Like you would show all those old drawings you do of Spider-Man that you mm -hmm. did in school doodling all the time. That was me, man. I was, I drew Spider-Man on friggin' everything I had. Always Spider-Man. Same here. Same here. With the red and blue costume. I never did any other costume. Just uh -huh. that Spider-Man swinging here, swinging there, all, all kinds of things. And any comics I picked up, any, anyone that Spider-Man met or whatever, I'd learn how to draw them. And yep put them in the repertoire but man you kept everything how great is that i did i'm so happy that i did i literally have a giant crate of all my doodles and drawings and notepads from my entire like childhood up through you know adolescence so i don't know i i, and I didn't keep everything but for some reason i decided to keep them and i'm, I'm glad i did it's fun to look through those <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I drew i drew so i, I wouldn't be an artist when i was a teenager and a kid i always thought i was going to be an artist but um I just, it just never pans out that way, but, and I'm not that good. It's just, I just love doing it. It was just fun. I used to make yeah. my own comic books and I used to make my own flip books and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, uh, I always had that creative side, I guess. Yeah. Me too. That was the go-to thing when people said, what would you want to be when you grew up as a kid? I'd, I'd say, uh, Oh, cartoonist. I'm going to be a cartoonist or an yeah. artist. And, uh, you know, then you get older and you see to go into university for that, man, you needed a full portfolio of uh, sure. full on artwork and uh, the competition is fierce. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of my growing up was drawing and doodling and artwork. I have my sketchbooks from high school, but that's, that's about it. Yeah. But they're cool to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I remember developing a character for a comic too. Of course it was a rip off of someone else it was all a rip off of other was, <laughs> ideas mine, yeah i made a comic called the karate clan and it was basically a rip off of the ninja turtles but they were human. <laughs> <laughs> one had nunchucks one had sword but i i yeah i had a whole comic i wrote and everything and put it all together and 
it was fun. But yeah, it was a total ripoff <laughs> for sure. Mine was, uh, I think his name was was Delta Two or something like that. <laughs> and his costume was a ripoff of uh, Captain Britain with a cake, with a cape, not a cake, a cape. Uh, so he had like a full face mask, but his hair was flowing out, you know. I'm not uh, sure who cra- Captain Britain. Yeah, Captain Britain. I don't know who that is. He mixed it up with Spider-Man once, so that got really? into my head. I liked his costume. I liked the way um, he had to carry like a staff in order to fly. So that was in my character's uh, thing too. Uh, complete ripoff. But his other power was um, when he got into a big fight and things were going out of control, he could split off into 12 other dudes kind of thing. <laughs> so that was a ripoff of... Uh, Bat wasn't it in bad dudes. There was a, a boss that would do that, and ninja would split off into like 12 guys. I, I don't recall from that game, but possible. So, yeah, it's all an amalgamation of all these other ideas, and that's funny. That was fun. <laughs> of course, you get into high school too, and then you meet other artists and they kind of blow you away. Yeah, so you're like, oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I remember that too. I'd look over somebody's shoulder drawing something. I'd be, Whoa, that's good. I thought I was good. You're really good. Yeah. You know, I went to a small grade school, not a lot of kids. And I was the kid other kids would look at who was drawing, right? I'd be drawing and all the kids would watch me draw. And then when I got to high school, I was no longer that kid. <laughs> there was another <laughs> right, kid. Yeah. And now I'm watching that other guy. Yep. So. Yeah, I had a similar experience. <laughs> but. You know, even in uh, your chosen field, you can, you're still using your uh, your creativity in uh, problem yeah. solving. And yes, it is very satisfying uh, for me with my trade because it is somewhat creative. I, I'm working with my hands. I'm sometimes bending conduit, and you know, I get to step back and look at it. And so, yeah, it, that is satisfying on, on a, a certain level to kind of, I guess, uh, fill in that craving for being artistic. So, yeah, it, it, that's true. Mm. Hey, I bet you even know what HVAC is, right? <laughs> yes, I certainly do. It's very closely related <laughs> to my trade. Oh, uh, boy. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get to crawl around in people's uh, crawl spaces and stuff like that and discover uh, things laying around that people have forgotten about. That's That's got to be cool. Yes, yes. There's been a couple of times where that's paid off. Um, not as many as I'd like, but there's been a few times I've been up in somebody's attic and I'd see a, you know, a, a box with some stuff hanging out. They go, oh, I go back down. Big, hey, I noticed you had a box of this or a box of that. You know, if you're ever interested in, you know, selling it, let me know. Oh, here, here you go. Take it. It's happened a couple of times, <laughs> but uh, I wish it would happen more. Yeah. I, I don't go snooping around at people's stuff. So don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know invading their privacy but if i happen to see something open i'll look in you know I'll, I'll look down at it but i'm not i'm not rooting through their stuff up in their attics or anything like that that's not that's not right <laughs> mm. but i'll glance around their basement or whatever if i'm you know in somebody's basement or their attic but i don't go rooting through their stuff but yeah it's, it's paid off a couple times i got i got to rob the robot that way in a mm-hmm. uh, a fully boxed uh nes with a rob the robot I did pay for it, but um, it was because, you know, I started a conversation with the customer and he had it in his attic. So <laughs> that was uh, really cool. Yeah. Well, geez, anytime you get a free pass and go into someone's attic, that's a, that's a win. Yeah, Just for sure. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> I like it. 
All right. So, so what's been going on? Anything exciting you want to report? How was your weekend? Anything exciting? Um, what did I do this past weekend? Um, I think it was just a run around with the kids kind of thing. Um, this weekend coming up, I get to go camping with my two boys in the freezing cold temperatures in the tent for Boy oh. Scouts. So I'll be doing that the whole weekend. So yeah, it's, it is super, super busy in my life with three, pretty much three teenagers. They're so busy. I spend my entire week and most weekends just carting them around everywhere between Boy Scouts and their sports and their social events and everything in between. It is just, <laughs> I don't get a moment. I mean, I literally sit down maybe by nine most nights for the first time to get a little bit of free time with my wife and watch a couple episodes of Seinfeld or something before we start falling asleep on the bed. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's busy. Yeah, it's busy. Not a lot of free time. All that stuff costs too. All adds up. Oh my gosh. Kids are so expensive. And they eat like horses. My gosh. Oh, holy Our mackerel. Up, up the charts. <laughs> I know. Uh, now, like I said, now that my oldest is tipped into 15 years of age, the, the food is out of control. They're it's always like, hungry. And I remember that. I remember being a teenager and just never being satisfied. I'm always just starving. And that's how they are. They're like always to walk around the kitchen, just opening that fridge every couple of minutes, looking for something to eat. <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. well when she complains that there's no food in the house, i always just say well get a job go buy some <laughs> yeah right well saturday i had to uh i don't know if you've heard me complain on this podcast before about uh the my youngest is preparing for first communion mm-hmm. and uh the church has got us jumping through all these hoops so <laughs> The time came, the Saturday was the uh, first communion workshop mandatory for parents and, uh, and kids or just parent in my case. And it was from nine until, till noon. Mm, Wow. In the church. Yeah. Yeah. Three hours. I had to endure this already with the oldest one when she went through it. And that was, that was something else. They, they, uh. They said, send the kid when I'm, I did it for the eldest one, they sent the kid, uh, to learn whatever, you know, do their own first communion crap, by the way, they're in Catholic school. So I don't know why we have to do the same. Anyways, <laughs> the, the child goes and does, you know, they're learning songs and how to behave and how to walk up the thing and receive the communion and all that jazz. Anyways, they're, you know, that's important stuff, I guess. And then they lock the parents into this, uh, into this hall. And, uh, this was for the eldest a few years ago, this woman proceeded to lecture everyone for like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours on how, how family units should behave and, uh, how, uh, you know, it is supremely necessary to go to church every weekend and uh, you should eat dinner at five o'clock and everyone what? should be there. And, you know, and I'm a shift worker and uh, it's just so maddening, so maddening to hear That's someone. Insulting. Yeah. <laughs> to hear someone spout like that Yeah, in today's day and age, you know, it's just, yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. Even, even church on the weekend for a guy like me, who's, uh, I work every other weekend, uh, 
12 hour shifts an hour and a half away when that one Saturday off a month comes around or a Sunday morning, you know, that's a lot, you know, it's really, it's tough to get out of bed that one. So anyways, that was, that was the last time this time I was expecting that again, but uh, it wasn't, it was, uh, it was just the priest this time and his idea to keep us all busy. I don't know why this happens. Let the kids do their thing and all the parents should be just uh, going around the coffee uh, urn with donuts for an hour, right? If we're going to stay. No, no coffee, no donuts. The priest comes out there. He's a he's a Polish guy, so he's uh, you know he got Polish accent, and uh, they either talk very fast, I talk very fast like this, or I talk very slow and I tell it long. And Jesus Christ, and that's how I talk all the time. But uh, he didn't want to talk. Instead, he showed us DVDs, and they were like uh, Vatican sponsored uh, oh DVDs. <laughs> on the importance of the sacraments uh, they were well produced and everything but he's got it on a projector in uh, we were in the church and it's uh in the morning so the church is very brightly lit and the projector just isn't cutting it of course and you're in these wooden pews watching these dvds my back is killing me everything's <laughs> killing me I'm watching the the father uh, one pew above me. He's got his phone on his lap. He's watching a soccer game. Oh my on god! His phone. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, it, it was just endurance. It was an endurance, and uh, uh, the kid came back. She had a lot of fun, though. You know, they were singing songs, and uh, that's good. How old is she? Uh, she's uh, seven. That's right. Yeah. Going to be eight. Gotcha. So uh, we're preparing for First Communion as well as Reconciliation, uh, which is First Confession. That sacrament I no longer agree with. I think it's silly, but, you know, the church is very strong on that. Hmm. They like to hear what's going on. <laughs> uh, what about you, Duke? Are you, are you Roman Catholic or you're, no, you're a relig religious guy, right? Yes, I'm Protestant, though. Um my daughter is also in confirmation class, but they do it a little bit differently. She, they do it around this age, 12, 12 mm -hmm. ish. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm Lutheran, mm. which is, uh, I guess a lot different than Roman Catholic <laughs> for the most part. Well, what, what's that? Is it, is it more strict do you think, or is it less strict? Well, Protestants in general, I believe are less strict. There's not as much, I guess, religion, so to speak, not as much formulaic stuff. There's still some of that, but uh, if you're familiar with the history, when Martin Luther broke away from the Roman Catholic Church, it was because they were so overly religious and, you know, uh, in his opinion, they uh, were getting away from the Bible. So they broke away, and that's where the Protestant movement started. Um, so there's many denominations within the Protestant movement, but Lutheranism is, or Lutheran is, is I guess, one of the main ones, I, I would say. So I was raised uh, Catholic, though. I, I was baptized Catholic, and uh, uh, my parents um, shifted over to a different church when I was um, a preteen, I guess, uh, maybe eight or nine, something like that. And uh, once I spent most of my church years going to a non-denominational church, which I hated. Um, and when I met Tara, she was Lutheran. So I started going to her church and I, ah. that's where I kind of really, uh, uh, I, I definitely is my, is my speed as far as 
the denomination goes, I guess. <laughs> mm. A lot of switching teams there for you growing up. <laughs> yeah, for the better, though. I, you know, I'm glad I got to experience uh, drastic versions of, you know, Catholicism to non-denominational churches is a drastic difference. Um, is is that the like these youth ministry things? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, non- it's the, the basement did this kind of come up out of nowhere, and it's just it was like a movement in the 80s and 90s, I guess. It's still there now, but um, it's just it's there's not a lot of training involved in their pastors. You can anybody can kind of be a pastor. Yeah, some of these churches, and yeah, they, honestly, you know, the, the fallback is they don't know what the heck they're talking about. So the, the theology and the doctrines just all over the place. So it's just a mess to me. So I really got discouraged uh, in those churches growing up. A lot of confusion, lots of you know that kind of thing, and. When I started going to Lutheran church, I thought this is this is it. This is this makes more sense to me. <laughs> so, well, yeah, as long as you find your thing. Yeah, that's I hear a lot of these youth kind of ministry things sprouting up all over the place. And uh, respectfully, uh, you know, if that's your thing, I don't know, but uh, it seems to be like a money money making thing for me because they generate a lot of capital. Yeah, it, it it's uh, you know they don't represent christianity well in my opinion and you know a lot of the televangelists are kind of in that group it's the same kind of uh thing just uh really poor theology um yeah and and just kind of a i don't know more of a cultish kind of environment you know yeah those ones for sure but uh yeah otherwise they're just like uh glorified event organizers and uh promoters and uh yes yeah they get to make lots. Not that Roman Catholics don't help. My church takes two collections every mass. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Two. I can't believe that. I still can't believe that. That basket comes around <laughs> twice. What? <laughs> Anyways, you know, that's, I'm, uh, I'm not a uh, strict Catholic in any means, or, uh, you know, I'm just kind of giving the kids the option that they can move forward and, uh, have the education to decide for themselves what to do. Uh, yeah. Like my eldest, uh, we had to skip her confirmation because there was so much uh, crap. They wanted to make mandatory, especially with the parents that uh, a shift worker couldn't even, there's no chance of obligating yourself to make that happen. Whereas I know a lot of uh, churches, you know, they bang off all three sacraments at once. You got your first communion, reconciliation, confirmation, all one shot, boom, you're done moving on. Man, sure. This church is a little different. Anyways, I'm sure no one cares about this, but uh, <laughs> that was my weekend. So fun. <laughs> hey, it wasn't as bad as that first time. So uh, yeah. we, at least we got to watch some DVDs and, <laughs> you know, play with our pencils and stuff. Doodle around. Uh, yeah, I think that was that Saturday. Uh, watch some football. Uh, New England again. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, enough with New England already. Oh stupid what like you can't stop these guys why just stop them (laughs) right like come on somebody kansas city jesus yeah that was discouraging there's both those games were kind of frustrating and uh yeah my daughter's like well why why do you why why don't you want new england to go well they're they're big trump guys so you know we don't need to see more (laughs) of that going on you don't need any more of that no (laughs) duke what's what's you know before we move on yes yeah 
What's going on with this government down there? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's a complete disaster. That's all I know. I don't, you know, I don't know, nor would I ask you how you voted or anything like that. But how, 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 how does this happen? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Our country seems to go from one extreme to the other. They, they seem to flip flop back and forth, you know, from Bush to Obama, from Obama to Trump. It's just they, 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 there's no middle ground. The 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 middle America, the common ground people elected this guy to represent them. And he's like never even stepped inside a grocery store before, yet they feel he can represent them. It's like the coal mine worker looks towards Trump for uh, for help, but Trump has only used all you all you people for his entire. Anyways, sorry, sorry to get going. It's <laughs> it's a frustrating show to watch from up here. Duke, do you know what happens in Canada when a budget cannot get passed here? You shut down the entire country. <laughs> no, I don't know. Shockingly, no, that doesn't happen. If a budget <laughs> does not get passed, it is a vote of non-confidence for the government mm -hmm. and it automatically triggers a new election. Oh. Or yeah. Yeah, the other option is it, they have to go to the governor general and ask the governor general what to do. The governor general is like uh, the queen's representative. And it's his decision to either call another election, which they most always do, or to just allow the other political party to form their own government. Because the government has no confidence to move forward. The government must act for the benefit of the people and for the benefit of the government. And if it can't do that, then it must go through another election. And that's how we keep, keep things moving. How often does that happen? Uh, well, provincially, like just last year, let's talk in, uh, since this just happened, like BC, I think this was BC, 52 days after their election, their government got struck down because they couldn't get a, um, a budget passed. So they went, uh, actually, in that instance, their lieutenant governor offered the other side to form a government and give it a go. And uh, yeah, there was there was a time... <clears throat> It happens a lot when we have, when the, the government in power forms a minority government. So the, all the other guys keep them in check more and uh, they can force a non-confidence vote anytime they want kind of thing. So, and the other, the other cool thing, uh, you know, I'll just toot my country's horn a little bit or this form of legislature of this government and same in Britain. Our leader, our prime minister has to spend like he has to show up into the uh, House of Commons, into the legislature and stand up in front of everyone and defend his decisions every afternoon. Wow. Everyone, everyone gets a chance to ask him a question through the Speaker of the House about what he's been doing. Wow. <laughs> he is held accountable on a daily basis. That sounds like a good idea. And you can watch that on TV. Every afternoon, the, the opposition will just rake him over the coals every single day, and he has to answer for it. <laughs> and it kind of keeps everyone informed and everyone in check. And, sure, sure. you know, I'm not saying that it's possible that you guys can change your how you do things, but it, it, for us, it just kind of boggles our minds that your government's been shut down for a month now. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. And now there's a piss, pissing uh, contest about the uh, State of the Union address. 
bunch of babies. That's what it is. It's a mess. Our country is a complete disaster right now. It's divided. It's volatile. It's uh, it's discouraging. It really is. And, and like, dude, guess what, man? If they call an election, it's in like five months. It's not like you got two years to go through all these primaries and all the bullshit and the billions and billions of dollars spent on pre-election crap. It just happens. Boom. Get a new guy in there. That's, you know, the amount of money spent on uh, your primaries and all that stuff. It's, billions. Isn't it crazy? It is. It is. It's crazy. And like, uh, you know, the, we've, we've jer- driven through American cities and shit, you know, like Detroit and it's like a war zone, right? Yes. This it's it's like a war zone. It's like Beirut. Yep. And yet they want to spend 5 billion on a wall. That's that's what I shake my head about, you know. Yeah. You got Well, you what's your closest city you live to? Baltimore. Baltimore. And that's 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 uh it's a cesspool of crime and violence and drugs. <laughs> Awful. I won't go near it. I won't go anywhere near it. It's a shame because Baltimore has a neat history. It's a beautiful city uh, structurally. Um, my, my parents grew up there. They talked very fondly of it. Um, growing up there, it was safer. It was a whole different world. Um, my dad used to brag. He could, you know, walk anywhere. Didn't have to have a car. You know, he loved living in the city. But then, you know, that stuff changed. Uh, uh, it just got worse and worse and worse, and they had to get out of there. But, um yeah, it's a shame, and that's that's a snapshot of a lot of cities around our country falling into ruin. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. It's up to you to fix it, Duke. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Excuse me. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's so complicated, so complex. At this point, all you can do is sit and watch, and just do do your duty and vote, and uh, just uh, you know. Yes, please vote. What's with the people that don't vote? That's the crazy part. I think I voted in every election since I turned 18. Yeah, me too. I couldn't wait to, for my first time to vote. Voted yeah, for my... The, the duty. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel I had ancestors die and fight to give me the freedom to vote. I'm not going to, um, you know, uh, not do it. It just would be uh, almost insulting to me. So... It's just, I just feel it's my duty for sure. Mm-hmm. I first voted for my buddy, Jean Chrétien, Frenchman, tough guy. He took over, boy. He'd walk through a scrum and pick reporters up by the throat and toss them aside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was your first vote back in the day? Well, I'm trying to think here. For president? Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of the, of the timeline here. It would have had to have been Bush, I guess. Because Reagan was, uh, when I was a child, I'm, I'm primarily conservative fella. So I don't always vote that way, but that's, uh, kind of where I typically fall. But, uh, yeah, I guess it must have been, uh, Bush. Wait, what year was he? I'm, I'm terrible with, again, dates. Uh, early <laughs> 90s. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that would have been Bush, yeah. Oh, I appreciate your vote for Bushy, man. If we didn't have Bushy in there, we wouldn't have uh, those great Saturday Night Live bits with Dana Carvey. And <laughs> yeah. That was, man, that was my life. Yes. Those Dana Carvey bits. Azure by John. 
<laughs> I was a big SNL fan in the nineties. I love that stuff. Oh man. Yeah. I would set, uh, I learned how to set a VCR because of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. To set that up. First thing. David Spade years and, and, uh, Adam Sandler. And that was when it was funny. Mm -hmm. Oh man. <laughs> I watched it recently, but it doesn't seem to be as good. No, come on. It had that. There was that magic time, right? Where there was still the Dana Carvey's and the Phil Hartman's and all those guys. Oh, and, yes. and then Chris Farley and them yes, just were yes. coming in. Yep. So it was like magic. But yep. Good stuff. That, for sure. That's the golden era right there. I would set that VCR. And then I learned if I uh, extended the record by an hour, I'd uh, record American gladiators after that. <laughs> so that was a win-win. Mm -hmm. I used to watch that too. American Gladiators at one in the morning. <laughs> Who's programming that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I suppose I'll segue into what you've been up to. You're this uh, uh, YouTube creator extraordinaire coming up with uh, YouTube's favorite mm -hmm. new series of last year. <laughs> called Stuck in the 80s. That's Where, it. Where'd this come from? Where'd this idea come from? <sighs> Um, I don't know. It just kind of hit me one day. I was like, I, I just want to, I just, I don't know what inspired me to do it. I don't know if it was anything specific, but I just all of a sudden said, I'm, I'm just going to do something with a green screen and, and do a little fun little show. And I just kind of started putting it together. And, uh, I don't know, just all of a sudden just kind of came about. Um, yeah, I just want to do something fun and, and, you know, funny and or try to be funny and light and quick that uh you know something like that. So that is that your phone bill so uh sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's as the co-host that's your job to tell me my phone is doing <laughs> stuff thank you well plus you're uh you know you love the 80s right oh yeah yeah i, I was uh prime time i grew up i was born in 75 so you know in 85 i was 10 years old right when nes came out and yeah i i, I love the 80s yeah with <laughs> Would you say you're an expert of the 80s? Oh. <laughs> you know what that sound means, dude? Oh, and then you this. All right. No, I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> well, I'm I thought... I'm we... fool. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> I thought we'd I do something. remember some... anything. I can't talk. I'm just a fool, but let's try this. Not yeah. true. Give me a break. <laughs> if I was loved half as much as Duke was, man, I'd be oh, walking Steve, around. I think you're talking about the Q dogs. Well, <laughs> I thought maybe we'd do something a little bit different rather than uh, questions because, you know, you hear the same 80s trivia all over the place and a lot of it's pretty lame. So I thought maybe let's see how well Duke knows tv theme songs from the 80s oh man okay <laughs> all right we will see how well i know them that's for sure <laughs> we'll see if we can get through this ready it'll be fun yeah it'll be fun did you want you watched a lot of tv right i sure i certainly did man there was some good tv back then yeah all right, you ready? Let's start off with something easy. And this is going to sound like crap. I apologize. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't have a mixer in the line, all that stuff. Uh, uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to recognize a song, and I'm not going to remember the name of the show. It's going to happen like 
10 times. I guarantee it. Okay. Good enough. <laughs> Start off easy for you. Sometimes you want to go. That's cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Absolutely. Great show. Norm and Cliffy. Hey, Nami. Remember the, the early episodes with Coach? Yes. Okay. Here. Then you get mad as a kid when they switched actresses or actors. I used to hate that. I hated that with Three's Company when it was, you know, you got comfortable with this one person and then it's a different person. And I just, it never sat right with me. And like in Cheers, it went from Diane to uh, the other, the, the brunette. Yeah, the but uh, Kirstie Alley. Yes, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, but I was in love with her, so I was fine. I was fine with that. Yeah, I hated that. Just, I don't know. It was uh, an anxiety of mine, I guess. I just hate <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Remember Dukes of Hazard? Well, that's yeah. yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't Dukes of Hazard. They used to. <laughs> I used to flip out. I hated that. That was a bad one for sure. But uh, you know, sometimes like Three's Company, uh, you know, they they uh, moved up. Uh, they, who was it? Samantha came in. Sam Summers was the original, right? Mm -hmm. And then they switched to another lady. Yeah, I she was. Yeah. But the oh, third it, girl. It was supposed to be the same girl, right? They just, they still no, call no. Oh, no, no. Okay, no. no. Yeah. It was a different girl. Okay. Yeah. The third I mean, girl I was in love with, man. That used to bug the heck out of me as a kid. It just didn't, I just didn't like it. <laughs> it was weird. Hmm. But anyway, when I heard right. Cheers, I remembered that they switched from Diane to Kirstie Alley. And uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, but like I said, I was in love with uh, Christy Alley at the time, so it was fine. And but they, you know, like uh, when they switched out Coach because he died, they did it so well. Yeah. And uh, when Woody came in, it was so perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like that was textbook how to bring in new cast. It was done yeah. perfectly. Anyways, let's see about the next one. Okay. I know that is. I know that. Charles in charge. Yeah, Charles in charge. <laughs> Scott Bayo. Uh, I think they they swapped out one of the girls in that show, didn't they? I think. I think right. it was a different. Yeah, it was a different family season one. Yeah. And then, uh, at, again, they brought in Nicole Eggert, so everything was fine by me <laughs> after that. Yeah, I remember that show for sure. Two for two. All right. All right. Next one. Okay. I think I know what it is. Okay. Go ahead. Is that Family Ties? Nope. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> oh, what was it? Did I get a, a second? try or did you, is that it I, did I fail? Oh, that's it you get one chance yeah. all right shoot that was uh who's the boss oh <laughs> i love that show too now look at i spent all week editing this together meticulously and so you know just the way it works i can't rewind or okay anything. okay that's fine <laughs> see i spent all month editing this all together okay <laughs> i'm not i'm not just stealing this from youtube okay <laughs> moving on Okay. 
<laughs> it's coming. Oh, that was like um. Oh shoot. What was the show? Uh, was it the show with the racist guy? You know what I'm talking about? Um, what's it called? The racist guy. Yeah, the guy that was. What was that show called? The the. Uh, what was his name? Darn it! I can't think of it. Uh, Archie? No, not Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker? Is that who I'm thinking of? Oh no, no. Okay, it's not on the family. It's uh. On the family. That's it. This okay. was Matlock. Uh, see, I never watched Matlock. No. 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 I remember even being hard up for good TV at one point after school or something, even watching Matlock. So yeah. I never watched Matlock. <laughs> I don't even know what that's about. It was like a. A cop or something, right? That was Andy Griffith. You know, he's the old uh, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, public yeah. defender or whatever. Not public uh, defender, yeah. but on, he was a was lawyer. That was boring. <laughs> you to watch that. Matlock? That's right. You got it. Good show. Alan Thick. Kirk Cameron. Good yep. stuff. Was there someone named Boner in there? <laughs> there was a kid. I used to be like, why are they calling him Boner? That's not right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that. That was weird. It was an edgy show for the time. Yeah. I think Boner had a good I know the song. What is that? Oh my gosh. I watch that all the time, whatever it is. That's not the, Taxi, is it? The main star just passed away, I think, last year. Shocking. Is that Taxi? No. No, 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 no. All right, I guess I already got my one shot. So. And uh, yeah. Uh, Night Court. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't watch that a ton, but I, I did watch it. Oh Christ! I watched the hell out of it. I think it was in syndication, so it was on after school or something. Yeah, I watched that every day. That was a good show. Then the guy uh, Harry uh, was funny. Yeah, he was always doing like magic or something, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and he appeared on Cheers as Harry the mm -hmm. Hat. And then you had the big lumbering uh, guy. What was his name? Bull. Bull. Yeah, Bull. Richard yeah. Mull wasn't that mm -hmm. his name? And that's another show where they switched out uh, cast members. I remember the the bailiff uh, changed a few times. Yeah, they need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Keep going. Yep. 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 You having fun? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Just a good old boy. Oh, come on. Never meaning no harm. All right, that's Dukes of Hazard. Absolutely. Tell that show. Roscoe Pico Train. And uh, Kleenex. Is that his name? Kleenex? We used to call him Kleenex, me and my brother. Kleenex. <laughs> we used to call him Kleenex. <laughs> Did you know the boys in uh, Polykill starred in uh, Dukes of Hazard episode? What? Yeah, they took a promotional photo in front of the General Lee, and uh, yeah, you don't remember that? Kids? No, 
they were somehow uh, adults. Uh, but yeah, they did a promotional photo with them and uh, Daisy Duke in between them. And she had like a polykill tattoo on her upper thigh. I don't remember this. You don't this remember was, that picture? Oh, this was uh, one of those. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the Photoshop thing. Yes. <laughs> now I remember. Whoever made that up was just brilliant. I got to say. <laughs> All right. So that was an easy one. Let's see. I don't even know what's on here. Hopefully a tougher one will come on here. Okay. Go ahead. Moonlighting. Oh. No? I can see how that kind of resembles. Oh. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay, I, I know that song. I mean, I've heard it a million times, but this is what I said I was going to do. I, I, I don't know. What? Family Ties. What? Oh, yeah. My gosh. Epic fail. See, I thought that would have had a more of a, okay, yeah. Remember the early family ties when the dad, uh, he didn't have the beard. Yes. Yeah. And he just, he didn't come into his own until he had the beard. Yeah. Some guys just needed the beard. The Riker. That was, that was terrible. I should have known that. I'm embarrassed. What a great show, man. Yes, so it was. Uh, Except when they went serious. Do you remember a couple yes. serious episodes? I hate when they all did that. Ugh. That's some tearjerker or some serious message. Yeah, remember the remember the episode of Punky Brewster, where she got stuck in the freezer. It was like a two part, like a big PSA about. Oh my god, that sounds awful! <laughs> Don't leave a freezer out in your backyard. Uh, really? Yeah, there was there was ones that had like some like deep stuff, like molestation and stuff. I think some of those, like maybe it was. Uh, remember the what was the show? What you talking about, Willis? Uh, that um, you know. Yeah. That's different probably strokes. one of your songs, Different Strokes, yeah. But I think that had one of those episodes. I used to hate those. Mm. I'd be in the living room with my parents. We'd all be watching, and I'd get all cringy and stuff. It was like, yeah. Yeah, Family Ties. I think uh, Alex Keaton's friend committed suicide yeah, or something. I remember that, yes. Yeah, it was like real. He I was in a... My parents see me crying. <laughs> I just hated it because it was terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't he in like a blacked out room, like Charlie Rose style, talking to uh, himself or something? It's supposed yeah. to be a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated that too. Yeah. All right, moving on. Now the world Different strokes. <laughs> Different strokes. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> You're right. Dif Different strokes with an apostrophe. Stuff. Was that that was a spin-off of something, wasn't it? I believe it was, but mm. I don't know what that would have been. I can't remember. Oh, you know what? It was. I think uh yeah, I think uh was um, it Jefferson's spun off of the Jeffersons? I don't think so. I don't know. Remember when they had that little blonde haired boy on there for a while? Oh. His cousin or something. Yeah. What was his name? Oliver, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking Oliver uh, Twist. I don't know, because he had the bowl haircut. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember that, too. I didn't see a lot of different strokes, I don't think, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Back to life. Back to life. 
I said it before they said it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George Clooney. Really? I don't remember that. Yep. Yeah, I remember uh, Tootie and the, the, the tomboy Joe. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. And uh, Mrs. Garrett, right? Miss, did Mrs. Garrett do it for you? Or? No, 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 no. I was saying I remember her. <laughs> <laughs> she was old. And Tootie, That's right. Uh, uh, Mrs. Natalie. Mrs. Garrett was in Different Strokes, right? That's originally, right. I think you're right. That's what it was. That maybe that's it. Maybe that's where it came from. But I remember the names: Natalie, Tootie, um, Joe, Mrs. Garrett. They had some like side characters too, like in the, like like the red shirts kind of in the background sometimes, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so who see a lot? But who did you go besides the old lady? Who did you go for? Out of uh, yeah, those I, girls. I, I, in that show? Yeah. I don't think any of them. No? None of them did it for you? I guess Joe was kind of pretty. Yeah. You, was tomboy, yeah. Yeah, you knew she was a wild one. <laughs> she knew stuff. Yeah, I was seven years old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here comes an awesome one. I heard the start of it already. I love this tune. That opening riff? Oh, yeah, man. So good. Oh, what is this? Hold on. How long do I get? Can I take Helicopters flying around. It's not sports cars. Oh, sexy ladies. You got it. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> Again, yeah. an, another show that had a couple serious ones that were uh, watching as a kid. And you're like, what? what am I watching? Well, that wasn't really a comedy. So I hate it when no. Because you sit, you sit down expecting to laugh, and it's like the whole room's crying and awkward. It was just yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you had like heavy flashbacks, like Vietnam flashbacks and stuff. Oh. Remember that episode? He uh, he had to tread water for like the whole episode. I think I remember that. I remember that uh, affecting me as a kid. I'm like, what? I would never be able to tread water for more than two seconds. <laughs> what would I do? I'm dead. Jesus. His mustache kept him afloat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. Another favorite one. I don't line. get to hear the whole song. Oh. The, the cat, the, the we call that in the song, the, the main part, mm -hmm. then I'd get it, I'm sure. Ah, oh, what is that? I don't know. I know the song, I just can't. What were they? The cousins uh, living in New York? Or... Oh, 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 you talking about perfect strangers? Yeah, man. Oh, Balky, Balky, Balky Bartokamus, yeah, <laughs> and Larry, yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. It was funny. I miss phys I miss physical humor in shows. God, those guys were good at physical. Holy smokes. You know what? Uh, Tara and I are watching like uh, King of Queens. And, and mm -hmm. that it's hysterical to me. And that wasn't from the 80s, but um, what's his name? It's really good at physical humor. Uh, mm. Kevin James. Is that his name? Yep. 
yeah, yeah absolutely good but yeah i mean back <clears throat> in the 70s and 80s like uh uh jack uh john ritter and three's company oh yeah over things all the time and kramer obviously in the 90s with seinfeld was always good at that but you you're either good at that or you're not and when you're good at it you're good at it like yeah it always looks authentic like when kramer like bangs into something or trips if you believe it every time there's that, that takes a real talent to do something like that i remember these two they had this this bit where they where he was trying to uh fix balky's tie and then yeah, yeah. slap the hands yeah, the back and, and the forth yeah yeah i remember that and, yeah i remember that whole routine i think me and my buddy tried to reenact that. <laughs> but you don't see that anymore in shows that physical humor it's just like a lost art yeah, well, what do we have for sitcoms? Yeah, you yeah. Know? There's, well, you got stupid, like, uh, I guess you got, like, Big Bang Theory. Ugh. No physical humor in it. Um, Don't get me started. It comes to mind. <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, side topic. Actually, yeah, well, it might be animated, but full of physical humor. It's Family Guy, which Duke refuses oh, to try. Awful. I don't what know. Duke, like... <clears throat> Your guy, like we're going back through memory lane here, and that's what that show is. All references. It just flashes back to all these references of past it's greatness. Probably, that's all it is. It's just this quick, like, little joke here, little joke there. And I, I, I've watched it a couple times. I don't think I laughed once. I'm like, this is just, it, it, to me, it seems like, I don't know, uh, a new generation of humor, a different kind of humor that I don't really, you know, adhere to. It's just, I don't find it funny. You know, my son, uh, Bobby's been uh, watching King of the Hill and The Simpsons. King of the Hill especially is such a good show. That show is so well written, so poignant. They don't make shows like that anymore. I, that That's funny. I mean, I, I crack up at that show. And I, it's smarter. It, it's more, more, you know, it's a smarter show. The, the Family Guy, it's just like child humor. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. I'm uh, yeah, I don't know. It's... I haven't watched an episode, to be honest with you, in uh, many, many years. But early on, man, I was there every week. And he would have the fast back and forth uh, flashback stuff, but he would also expand jokes and punchlines to awkward lengths that go from being funny to stupid to what is he doing all the way back to funny again because of the length of it like when Peter skins his knee on the sidewalk and they just let him sit there writhing in pain for way, way too long. And that joke comes back around and becomes funny again. It's like a, it's like a Steve Martin kind of thing. I don't know. I just don't, I, it's just from what I've seen so far, it's just definitely not for me. I just don't find it funny, but uh, maybe I, maybe I should give another shot. I, maybe I just, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like that. I don't like Seth uh, McFarlane. I just don't like his humor. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, um, this is getting on, but I'm having fun. Yeah. I know fun. Joe would be yelling at me to end this immediately. But Who cares? <laughs> Why are you talking about this? Who cares? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm just gonna pick a couple of my favorites. Um yeah. I'm gonna get out of this playlist here. This is one of my favorite themes of all time. See if this plays. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I love it. That show was awesome. Yes, it was. It, it, it was too bad, you know, they spaced out the helicopter scene so much, yes, you know? Yes, I know. The <laughs> I, I love that show. Loved helicopters and... Uh, yep, yep. Blue Thunder was another... It, yes, it, Blue Thunder. I remember that. Yeah. Airwolf was always cooler than me, though. I, it just looked cooler, I think. Yeah, so. Airwolf... I like the theme song better, but I, I like the, the helicopter. It was more military Blue Thunder, so seem yeah. more serious to me okay <clears throat> gonna ramp up the toughness here for you uh another awesome theme song As two brothers, uh, yin and yang, of course, you know, detectives or private investigators, good looking guy and a rough and tumble oh, guy. No, no. The great theme song oh, oh, there, oh, of course. Oh, 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 Miami Vice. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't know. I, see, I never watched those shows. Oh, man. Simon and Simon. Uh, see, I never watched Simon and Simon. Oh, I love Simon and Simon. 80s detective, private investigator. Everyone's a private investigator in the 80s. This will be the private investigator run. A couple more. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. Okay. If it will start. <laughs> is it a record? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that one. I don't know what that is. Well, not too many people watched it, and it didn't last very long. It's Hardcastle and McCormick. Yeah, I recognize that name. This car driver got into trouble with the law, so the judge uh, sentenced him to live with them and solve crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds realistic. <laughs> And he drove this this crazy car. I think it was called a Coyote. Do you remember it? It was no. not like a production car. It was made just for that show. No, I don't, I don't think I ever watched it. I just I, that name sounds familiar for sure. Um, you're missing my favorite one. We'll see if you do it. Uh, I think I'm I'm going to wrap it up. But you know, I what could your favorite? Let me see here. Not my favorite show, my favorite theme song, though. Favorite theme song? It was an action, action-y show. Well, we never did Miami Vice. That's a great theme song. And I, yeah, it is. I never watched that too much, though. I don't know. Why don't, I suppose you can't call it up and try to quiz me. Oh, 18. No. Yeah. That's not it. Hmm. I don't know. What is your favorite uh, the 80s theme guy. song? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I watched that too. Theme song. He's uh, naming all the hot broads he did in the theme song. <laughs> That's that was a good show too. Been on fire with Cheryl Teague's "Blown Up" with a girl named Bo. 
then I think he had to change Cheryl Teagues out for someone else. Uh, they they yeah. need to stop doing that. <laughs> well, I think she, same. So Duke she must have, she must have complained that her name was in the song and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, geez, uh, you know, this has got us way behind in time. I'm keeping you way too late, dude. I apologize. No, it's fine. Um, I have to get to the questions. People oh. have sent you uh, questions on Twitter because I announced that you would be the special guest co-host. And yeah, and people obviously have things to ask you because you are their favorite Cartridge Club member <laughs> and they finally have a chance. I seriously doubt it, but okay. <laughs> I'm boring. Come on. How long we've we been on for? And it's nonstop here. Yeah. I mean, I'm having fun, but I don't know. <laughs> I always feel like I'm boring. Uh, okay. This is from Trav from at Trav Plays Games. Okay. He's a member of the Polykill podcast. Oh, yeah. How long? Sorry. Nah, he's funny. Get him on here. He'll have everybody laughing. I no, he's too good for me. I can't keep up with him. <laughs> Do I want to? You know, no, it's way too fast. Can't keep up with that okay. wit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, I'm not saying anything about you. Why I had you? <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> yeah. Trav asks, how long does it take to prep, write, shoot, and edit? Stuck in the '80s. And uh, <laughs> secondary question: What software do you edit with? I guess it's an Apple thing, I would guess. And uh, the last NES game you beat, and what's the next one? There's like a lot of questions there. So how long does it take to prep, write, shoot, and edit? Um, I guess if I have a weekend where I don't have a lot going on, I can I can do it in a, in a weekend. So I, I, hours-wise, I guess, you know, I, I do write it out, and uh, I'm, I'm such a terrible, like, I'll have to reshoot each little line like 60, 60,000 times because I, I got to get it just right. And so it does take a while for me to film it. And then I edit everything on my iPad. So everything is through iMovie. Um, and I have a couple apps that I use for like the green screen and some of the special effects. I just downloaded it off YouTube or whatever, the green screen special effects that I use, like the lightning and that kind of thing. And, so it's, and I just built the background in Photoshop, you know, so it was, it's not that complicated. Um, so I guess it takes me, uh, I'd say I could probably film an episode in an hour and a half or two hours. And then it takes me a lot longer to edit. I'll spend it cause I pick a part out, I pick away at it cause I'm, you know, with my lifestyle. So I'll, I'll do it for half an hour here, half an hour there, hour here, hour there. I don't know. It might take me four or five hours to edit one and then upload it. I don't know. Hmm. A weekend. I'll well, and. You always come up with like a gag to throw in there. Does that just come to you in the middle of the week kind of thing and you write it down or? Yeah, my, my creative process is, I guess, kind of weird. I do a lot of my thinking when I'm driving. So I'll just start going over what, you know, what I want to do that week. And then I'll start kind of having a dialogue in my head about how I'm going to interact and I'll have to come up with a joke or something and maybe like a, a funny part. And I'll just start writing it all down and it'll, you know, kind of form up over. No, I'll think I'll think on it for a whole week maybe even more. Once mm -hmm. I decide what I'm going to do, I will just think when I'm driving and, and then I'll write, jot things down if I have a good idea and I'll kind of build from there. So I guess if you add all that too, yeah, it, they can be a little time consuming, mm -hmm. but I've got the editing process 
down now that I've done it so many times, it's pretty streamlined at this point. So I got everything kind of set up and I just kind of pluck everything in where it needs to go and cut it up and put it on the green screen map. And then I got to do the, uh, the, 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 uh, scrolling credits app and there's several apps involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to keep on downloading, you know, in the different apps or whatever, but so it can be kind of frustrating. I need to get a better setup for editing and stuff. Uh, but I, right now I just use my iPad. Mm. Nice. Regular Russ Meyer. Uh, the last NES game you beat. I just beat a homebrew game called Haunted Halloween 85 that I picked up at MAGFest, and it was fantastic. I loved it. It was uh, it was the first homebrew game I ever bought or played, and I was very impressed with it. Had a great time. It was so well put together, so well balanced, tight controls, awesome music. It was fantastic, so I highly recommend it. And they have a new one out called Haunted Halloween 86, which is a sequel. And this is, uh, I got it right here. It's by um, Caching Culture Retro, uh, retro, Retrotainment, I think. So here's the box. I'm showing you. I know they can't see it. Mm-hmm. But um, I just kind of stumbled upon it at MagQuest, and I, I, I never was really interested in trying a homebrew game. But I kinda, the guys were local. They are from Pennsylvania, and I got to talking to them, and I was playing a game. I was like, this is really cool. So I bought it. So that was the last game I bought. I don't know if that counts because it's not an original game, but prior to that, I beat DuckTales on the NES with the Cartridge Club. So those are the last two games that I played through. Both of them, both of them fantastic. I love my NES. Sure. And the next one you're going to beat is probably that uh, that sequel you're saying? Or I don't have some... that. I, I might pick that up uh, you know, next time I'm at MAGFest or something like that. So I, I don't have that second one yet. So nothing, uh, what's next for you to beat, do you think? What's in your radar that you want to? the NES, I think I'm going to tackle Golga 13. I've been wanting to get, get into that. Um, mm. It's a good game. I had it as a kid. It's kind of weird and quirky and a bit ahead of its time. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I want to get into that, play that, see if I can beat it. I beat it back when I was a kid, but that's the last time I really played through it. So I want to, I want to try that one. <laughs> Alrighty, next from uh, Mighty Cute Dog, which is at Mighty Cute Dog on Twitter. He uses the proper hashtag, STC Answers. What are your winning strategies for Sequest on the Atari 2600? I don't know. I just, I kind of get into the zone, so to speak, if you've heard that term before, where you just kind of are staring at the screen, but not really looking at it. When things get so fast on the screen, you just kind of got to, not think about it, just kind of react. Yeah. So those yeah, types I'm... of games, I really enjoy those types of games that are just kind of like, you know, score-based, arcade games that just get faster and faster and faster. Sequest is a great game for that. So I don't know what to say. I just uh, kind of get into the zone. <laughs> that sounds like Beat Saber for me. It's just... Oh, that's fun. I played that at MagFest. It was so fun. It's a wild one. It is that there was one song I thought I was going to die doing it and it kept going and going. And I was actually broke down laughing because I couldn't believe it was still happening and I was still getting through it. I was literally laughing as I was, it was just weird. It was like, uh, it's kind of like when you first discovered uh, guitar hero and got really in the zone with that. Yeah. Um, anyways, I hope beat say beat saber lasts for a long time compared to uh guitar hero kind of fizzled out yeah uh he also asked now that you're a hero h-e-r-o 
What's your next big Atari collecting goal? That was certainly my uh, crown jewel. And again, shout out to uh, Chris Roberts for being so kind to give that to me. No, he doesn't need any shout outs. If you haven't seen my video that I made about it, check it out. I just did a little thank you video and kind of talked about why I like the game so much and my history with it. But um, next, I guess on my radar, uh, I'd like to get Star Wars Arcade for the 2600. I don't have that. That's kind of a pricey game. It's like 25 or $30, I think. Um, I don't have Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers for the 2600. I'd like to get that. There's a whole list of games. I mean, nothing, nothing like Hero Status where that was like, you know, I wanted to find that or get that, you know, that's, that was awesome. But um, those, those games are certainly on my radar and there's a few others, but hero. Now that I've got that, I kind of feel like I can take a, you know, take a breath because <laughs> I got my Atari crown jewel and I'm so excited. I've been playing the heck out of it. What a mm -hmm. great game. All right. Thank you, Eric, for that. Yes. Thank you, Eric. He can go back to laying his marble flooring now, now that you got that question out of the way. <laughs> uh, this is from Kyle. I think this is the last question. He asked if I had to send it back to the past to get you for this episode. How are we doing that, basically, with the time continuum? Oh, man. I guess I, guess I need to go uh, drive and think about it and write it down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay, let's don't worry. Was that, was that his question for real? We don't have to go into it. It's okay. Uh, next, he asks also, if you really did get to spend a day 24 hours in the 80s again, say 1986 ish, what would you most want to do? Oh my gosh. I know uh, the Montreal Canadiens won their uh, 23rd Stanley Cup in 86, so that would be exciting. Oh, this isn't to me. This no, is for you. Sorry. About that. Um, eighty-six. What would I most want to do? Gosh, if I can get real a little bit, I guess see my father again. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's got to be my answer. Yeah. Mm. God love you, Duke. You always come up with something beautiful. <laughs> he was my hero. He was a good man. What do you do for a living? He was a sheet metal mechanic uh, for the U.S. Coast Guard Yard. So he uh, was a tradesman. Wow. Yeah, he built uh, metal. He worked in the machine shop and worked on duck work and stuff for the big ships that came into the shipyard. Cool job. He used to take me there as a kid. Uh, he had like a bring your son to work day. And I was just, I would marvel at all the machines and the drill presses. And I get to hang out with my dad at work. It was really cool. Yeah. I imagine everything was really huge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he did for a living. Hmm. Very cool. Yep. Well, uh, I get, oh, there's one more question just came in from uh, Joe at AC Decepticon. Oh, my. Hashtag, where's Joe? Did we didn't even talk about Joe, really, where he is? He's at the cottage. With the cottage crew? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I should say he's not with cottage crew, but he does uh, like to go on exotic vacations in the winter. So, and we saw pictures of him in a plane earlier today on Twitter. So wow. let's just say he's somewhere warm. He's, 
he dug out his uh, white silk beach uh, shirt that he likes to wear when he's running along the beach. And uh, his white, white silk beach shirt. Yeah, you know the flowing. It flows in the wind. Silky white beach shirt people wear, and uh, the white flannel uh, capri pants. I'm sure he's wearing. And uh, yeah, he's living it up right now. Oh my! I can see that. I can picture that. Anyway, he asks uh, Duke for you. Uh, what uh, Joe? Uh, what examples of Joe life? have you uh, taken into your life? Uh, what examples, what does Joe do that you've now incorporated into your own life to make it better? Like uh, to help you get to sleep. Do you like uh, take care of business? Uh, like Joe, no. No. how about uh, personal grooming? No, I don't do any of that. that <laughs> <laughs> You haven't listened to Joe's uh, talk about how to shave and where. And, yes, yes, I have. And you haven't decided to try that out? Not even once? I don't do that. No? No. Has, has there been anything Joe's done that you've uh, felt you've had to try? Uh, no. <laughs> He's the opposite of me. I Like, the whole sleeping during a movie thing, I've never fallen asleep in my entire life with a TV on or during a movie. I've never done that before. So to hear him talking about nodding off door in Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse, I was like, how in the world do you fall asleep in the movie theater? Yeah, that Let is alone, incredible. Like, I've never even fallen asleep on my own couch with the television on. I just can't do it. I don't know. There's some weird thing with me. But, yeah, I'm not – I don't uh, I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, I've always had, like, a built-in defense mechanism. Maybe it was, like, long school bus rides to school where – if you fell asleep, people would, they're going to mess with you. So if yeah. you, you just didn't fall asleep, you just always had one eye open kind of thing. Yeah. I remember falling asleep once in the movie theater as a teenager. Um, we had been, uh, we had been somewhere drinking, shouldn't have been underage drinking somewhere uh -oh. at someone's yeah. house. And uh, probably not even at someone's house, probably in the woods somewhere drinking <laughs> more like, and someone got the idea to go to the theater. What really? We want to go see a movie in this condition. And I remember it was it was the movie uh, Harrison Ford starred in it, Patriot Games. Oh yeah, very high intense, high action movie. And uh, in the middle of it, I'm passed out cold. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that'll happen when you. I've never drank before. You know, uh, that's something I guess weird about me. Never, never drank. Like ever. Wine that, is the extent of it. <laughs> well, there you go. That's drinking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> more like grape juice. Well, that's why you're the fine, upstanding gentleman you are today. Uh, just an anxiety. I just can't imagine. I want to be in more control of myself, not less. I just can't imagine not like maybe saying something to hurt somebody's feelings or not, not completely being in control of everything I do and say it terrifies me. I just I yeah. never imagine that. That makes a lot of sense. I, I learned that lesson very early on with drinking underage where things went south. And uh, because I, I put myself in a uh, position of other, you know, this person will look after me or whatever. And 
didn't didn't go well. So <laughs> now, you know, I just can't bring myself to drink to that state where I'm not, you know, able to take care of myself kind of thing. Yeah, it's, that's usually like a, a teenage thing anyway, I guess, for the most part, right? Yeah, so well, I, I guess not many adults. Well, I guess some of them do, I guess. Get all sloppy drunk and stuff. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm a hermit. I don't. I don't. I hate parties and I hate that kind of environment. I don't. I don't go to bars or anything like that. I just have anxiety. I don't like crowds and loud noises. <laughs> yeah, I'm a weirdo. No, I, I'm the same. I, if if there's a party, I'm the guy who's just standing in the corner observing everyone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but at least I'll have a drink in front of me as like a defensive shield to make right. it seem like I'm doing something. Right. Whereas yeah. you're not even doing that, so you're even more feeling I, awkward. I clam up, man. I just clam up. I just want to go. I just want to leave. Absolutely. Uh, how do you uh, initiate small talk, and what's the point? And uh, it's funny. It's it's not. Uh, and it, I'm not. I don't consider myself introverted. Because I love talking to people, I love, like with customers. It's got to be very small, though. Once you have like two, three, four people, I start to clam up. So it's like a crowd anxiety more than a, me being introverted, I think. Because hmm. I, 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 I can talk all day, and I, I'm fine with that. I like talking to people. I love people. I love interacting with people. But it's got to be on an intimate scale. Because once you have like a party atmosphere where there's hooting and hollering and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, I got to go. You know, <laughs> I'm not comfortable here. I don't know why. It's just the way I am. Yep, absolutely. Well, Duke, I, I'm sorry I kept you this late no. tonight. I do appreciate I appreciate you so much coming on and filling in for Joe. Uh, it was big shoes to fill, but you did it uh, more <laughs> than you did. very impressively. Thank no, you for so. thanks for helping me out. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. I've been wanting to get you on one-on-one -on -one for a long time. So it's great opportunity to get you on here and do a deep dive into Duke. Well, I do appreciate it. I had a good time. I hope you don't uh, hold any offense to any of the things that I asked you or talked not about. Or, uh... Yeah, of course not. <laughs> not at all. Next I time I was, we'll. Uh, I, I was entertaining on some level. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Next time we'll even go even deeper. Let's do it. We'll get really dirty. Let's get psychological. Let's get philosophical. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so we've been talking about this whole episode. Duke, your latest series, Stuck in the 80s. It's on YouTube. Look for it at the Retro Nonsense YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, you can find it promoted at thecartridgeclub.org. You also uh, release theirs simultaneously. Yep. And... Uh, can we find you in the forums there too? Is there some forum action for you? Not for my show. There's not, but I am active on the forums to a degree. You are on a certain podcast. I was going to say that yeah, <laughs> on a certain podcast. Very active. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I went to comment on yours and it wasn't there. So I don't know who's uh, dropping the ball there. You or Joe, but. Well, you can launch a thread. It's fine. Anyone can do that. that. <laughs> now that's a Joe statement right there. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, look for me on Twitter. I am uh, at STC pod and uh, there's an Instagram, but uh, I don't really 
bother with it too much. Uh, you can find our website, www.stcpod.com, where you'll find uh, all the stuff we've been up to, as well as some uh, affiliate links to Amazon, where we get a little bit of commission on stuff you uh, purchase. Kind of helps out uh, what we're doing, getting us equipment and uh, uh, not really, but you know, it's, it's, it's there in case you want to buy your detergent, go to Amazon, hit the link, gives us 20 cents. Thank you very much. Duke does it all the time. I've done it before. Like, yeah. There's a Canadian one and an American one. <laughs> and uh, as well, uh, as we said, you can check us out as well as many other brilliant uh, collaborators and content generators at cartridgeclub.org. And finally, I want to give a big welcome home to the Cartridge Club founder, our pillar of inspiration. P1, Sean, has come back to the mainland. He has arrived home. He's yes. back. Welcome back, Sean. Welcome. You were missed, my friend. Definitely. I'm glad to see you back and uh, lots, of, lots of communication happening from him on Twitter again. It's good to see him back. Definitely. Can't wait to see him again. And uh, hear his many stories of overseas. Can't wait to hear everything he's been up to. Yep. He's, that guy's been around the world. No. Jeepers. I've been nowhere. I've been to Chicago and Florida. That's it. <laughs> That's one more than me, Duke. I'm not very well traveled for my age at all. And now uh, there has been an announcement over on the Cartridge Club of uh, C3 2019. Its location has been revealed. Have you heard this? I am super excited because it's like an hour and a half from my house. <laughs> okay, good. I'm staying with you, Duke. It We're is. So, <laughs> oh, well, I'll have your house to play in then. Yeah, yeah, sure. We're talking, it's in Philadelphia, so another scary city for me to go to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no promises. But that is where, uh, no promises for me or Joe yet, but that is where C3 is going to happen. I guess in June, is that when it is? Yes, yep, <sighs> yeah, mid June. So, it's uh, based around uh, what's it called? Too many games, yes. I've been there several times. It's a, it's great. There's if you're in in the buying games, it's there are tons and tons of games. So that's that's cool. Okay, and that's times. that's where our family reunion will be this year. So if you yeah. uh, want to uh, meet all your cartridge club friends, uh, look for that information on the forums cartridgeclub.org uh, in the convention section. I think. It's in the forums there somewhere and uh, you can comment and make plans. Uh, there's still more to be done. Hotels are being looked at and all that business. So anyways, that will surely be a fun time for all. Yes. Looking forward to that for sure. Last, last year was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that it? Am I forgetting anything? You're the, you're the co-host. Why am I saying everything? I'm the co-host. I thought I was a guest. No, I you're. Can't, I can't fill Joe's shoes. You're a co-host. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Like Joe, please give Joe's Joe. information. Joe is on Angry Canadian Decepticon on Twitter, right? AC Decepticon. A, my life in collecting on YouTube. Oh, right. Great. It's a great channel. And uh, that's about it, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well done. 
Uh, we miss you, Joe. We'll look yes. forward to having you back next week. Uh, he'll be reinvigorated after his big fancy vacation. We'll have to dive into what he's been up to. Yes. All right. That's it. I leave it to you, Duke, to finish this off. Please take us away. Post it and post <laughs> I forgot what to say. Post it and post it. Wow. Oh, my God.